Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yotis B. Hi everybody. Welcome back. Sportive episode 312. I'm almost sure of that. John's here. Hi, John. I'd like to wish a happy St. Patrick's Day to the residents of Rosemount and only the residents of Rosemount. No one else. That's their face. Go Irish. They're so drunk still listening to this. Doesn't matter when they listen. They're still so drunk from St. Patty's. Stuart, hello. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, how's, how's, how's it going? It's going okay. Stu, you live in St. Paul now, so a happy St. Patrick's Day to you as well. Yeah, it's not... I mean, I know that there's still festivities going on, but it's still definitely a COVID St. Patrick's Day. I saw one sad Toyota Corolla covered in shamrocks outside of the Keys Cafe on Robert Street, <laughs> and uh, I just felt bad. And Mandy saw like a little parade limp along Selby outside of her work. So there's there's celebrants, but it's definitely not a full-on, you know... Uh, did I just throw up my own vomit, or was it somebody else's vomit that I threw up? That it's, it, it hasn't gotten to that level of St. Paul uh, celebration yet. So, what do Maybe you think this weekend's going to look like? It's going to be warm. Couple it more people will be warm. vaccinated. People usually are tanked by, I mean, nine thirty, ten in the morning. That's before noon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw McGovern's has their tent out in the back. I assume that is where Chicken Fingers is tonight and probably mm-hmm. through the weekend. Yep. I mean he claimed he claimed to have an eight thirty practice, but well Band practice is, for his acoustic yeah. set. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but Chicken Fingers plays the bagpipes at all events. <laughs> Not just St. Patrick's Day events, but all events. We'll finally tell you it's at, his name is his real name is Tim Mahoney. <laughs> Those those Cinco de Mayo bagpipe sets are just not as not landing the way he wants them to. I'll say that for sure. No, yeah. that's true. Well, you keep us posted, Stu, on the festivities in St. Paul. I'm just going to assume that it's going to be somewhat nuts there. Again, a little yeah. more muted than usual, which means, you know, puking at three, four in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, but it's, I mean, like. If, if I sound a little different tonight, it's because I'm recording in the party room of our building, and there is Ooh, nobody, oh. and there is nobody in the party room. It's me. I just uh, we wanted to be the dog was not like you may have heard Sophie in the background of the last few episodes, and we just no. figured this is the this is a little easier. Yeah, so um, <laughs> so I'm I'm down here in the bar by myself with a uh, surly brewing Razor Gang Dry Irish Stout. 
which you can get in the unusual suspects variety pack uh, in liquor stores now. Um, so just kind of by myself with my internet buddies waiting to talk about sports. Stuart, you know, uh, you know this, and I know this, but I know the building you live in because my sister-in-law mm-hmm. used to live there, and I know the party room that you're sitting in right mm-hmm. now. Now, my question mm-hmm. for you is: Is someone you didn't rent it out, right? Someone could just walk in right now and decide they wanted to shoot a game of pool while you're sitting there yes. recording. Correct. I hope that happens. I do too. I like that. I think fun. though, if you, someone just coming in and seeing just this weird guy yelling into a microphone, I just think that might be a fun little. Little things. So. <laughs> cool I gotta say, from from experience, given that Stu and I recorded a podcast episode one time in the party room, mm-hmm. seeing seeing someone recording a podcast in there was more than enough to repel any and all visitors <laughs> to the party room. Now, Stu, I think a fun wrinkle mm-hmm. to the show would be is if you put something on the bulletin board in the lobby to say, <laughs> "I'll be recording a podcast." <laughs> if anybody wants to come and listen, maybe we could get a little bit of that. This is filmed before a live studio audience mm-hmm. vibe going. Yep. Something to think about. Yeah. yeah. If you're the guy in the Arsenal jersey that I saw in the elevator last week, uh, definitely <laughs> stop in. John would love to talk to you for 15 minutes about God knows what. <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. Mm, man. <clears throat> well, that's good. That's good. Uh, it's a good update. Stu, I know that... At, did I read right that you've got a new IPA, Loud Noises or Get Loud or... Is that Get loud. It's also in. It's all. Yeah. It's a, a hazy wheat IPA. It's in the uh, unusual suspects variety pack. As is the Razor Gang Dry Irish Stout. Yeah, I don't know about that last one, but I do love a hazy IPA. Um, you sure do. I really do. I'm. I'm very loyal. The Mosh Pits is my favorite right now. But I'll be crushing oh, citrus oh all summer long, as you know. Oh yeah, yeah. We got the extra. It's. Um, Extras all over the place. Uh, we actually um, have retired uh, one-man mosh pitting cans, though. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't like sorry that. about Why? that. I don't like that. Why did you do that? Why? Because we have a, we have a new one called Mapping the Multiverse. It is. Is um, it? It's a brand new hazy. Does it? I got. Does that it one. also cost forty dollars per can, or <laughs> was that just the one-man mosh actually, pit? Actually, it does not cost that much, John. And it's weird that you would say such a hurtful How thing. How dare on the you? Podcast. I'm sorry. We're recording this. Um, yeah, I mean it's just it's He's not mean, the money man. John. Yeah, it just it hurts for one. What do you what do you want him to do about it? <laughs> I want him to do something. And it starts here. It starts with Stu. I'll see what it's I about think. time that we talked about the affordability and the, the the equity that goes into beer costs in this town. Mm-hmm. It's finally time. It's finally time. It's a beer This is a podcast about I, beer I'll pricing. See what I can do about beer pricing in this town, John. All right, that's enough heading and hawing. Let's talk sports. We've got sure. some news. Uh, the Vikings signed someone who two thirds of us can actually know uh, his name. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say oh which one of us didn't even know this guy's name. But one Patrick. Quiz Peter- me, Brandon. What? Quiz me. I know it. <laughs> John, who did we sign? What's his name? Cordero Patterson. Ah, so close. You're getting better. So close. Ah. You're getting better. Um, it's Pat. Patrick Peterson. We'll call him Rick. Rick Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a grown-ass man. Um, signed one year, I think. And I think that brings our total cornerbacks we've signed over the last few years to 17 or 18. Just every year we <laughs> sign so many more cornerbacks. I don't even understand the sport they're playing anymore. They just have so many of them. I'm sure they lose a bunch too. But to me, here's what I 
think happens every offseason. And please don't correct me. Uh, they end the season one or two wins off of 500, or maybe you're right on to 500. And then uh, the Rubes uh, sit in the cheap seats, start uh, pissing and moaning that they need to address the offensive line. And then the nerds, the calculator nerds, say, yeah, well, there's something with the salary cap. They can't do that. And then they sign like nine cornerbacks and no offensive linemen. I think that happens every year and it's happening again. John, can you explain this to me? Um, it really feels like that one guy in your fantasy football draft that drafts kickers with his first two picks because he really – they score the most points and therefore they're the most important players on the team. Mm-hmm. I I can't – I I mean we know we know Zimmer loves his cornerbacks and oh. he's going to get his cornerbacks and nothing's going to stop him from getting the cornerbacks but also I think it's worthy to point out that the Vikings cornerbacks were pretty much hot garbage last year mm-hmm. as I recall they Not were young great. guys they weren't were, they a lot of them they were, they were two guys who both were 16 years old <laughs> and then there were two more guys that had never played football before I might have some of those facts wrong not all of those facts are probably correct. But in the essence, those facts are correct. So going out and signing a Pro Bowl cornerback, despite how much it plays into the classic Mike Zimmer move, is not a bad move, I don't think. No, it's not. It's just when the offensive line sucks, Mike Zimmer signs a cornerback. When the (laughs) offensive line sucks, Mike Zimmer demands that you draft another safety. When the offensive line sucks, Zimmer upgrades the defensive line. It's just, you know, that's the Mike Zimmer way. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, Mike Zimmer doesn't even have anything to do with it. It's just Rick Spielman goes out and thinks about, well, what can I do here? Either I can try to build a well-balanced football team and get yelled at by the world's biggest red-ass, Mike Zimmer, or I can just sign a couple cornerbacks and I don't have to get yelled at. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Squeaky wheel. Sometimes that works. To uh, to be fair, if Spielman was in charge, it would be a very – I, I I just think he would just wait until the seventh round to get all these guys. <laughs> he wouldn't even be playing in free agency. He'd just have thirty just all thirty two picks in the seventh round. That's where you get the cornerbacks <laughs> from. So I think they're both equally to blame here. I can't I can't favor one over the other. It's just more fun to make fun of Zimmer because it makes chicken fingers angry. I do love it. Man, it's adorable. It, we in say much, every week. In much the same way. In much the same way, I don't want to get yelled at. So oh, yeah. none of us wants to get yelled at by chicken fingers, but he's not here. Is the key that's he can't yell at us when he's not here? No, no, that's not true, and you know that's not true. No, he does, of course he, he I know because he'll live tweet here. us when he's listening in his truck tomorrow and just mm-hmm. you know turn the fire hose on and beat us well, back I, into our homes. But again, I do not only because I don't want to get yelled at by chicken figures, but also. It's not a bad move. No, it's and a good move. Apparently, near as I can tell from everything I read about the salary cap today, the NFL salary cap is a meaningless joke that has absolutely nothing to do with the real world. So what the heck? Who cares? Do you mean yeah, there's a bunch of guys at $10 million? Contracts. There's just a bunch of loopholes in there? Is that what you mean? It, I, I can't even I, – I read two articles today explaining the NFL salary cap, which I didn't understand before because I didn't want to understand it before. But I, I read the explainers today, and it honestly makes less sense than when I started trying to learn about it. 
Yeah, mm. and, and and to get to the point of loopholes, they're not just loopholes. They're loopholes that Jerry Jones has figured out. <laughs> I mean, just simmer in that. <laughs> now, that is a loophole. Yes. That is a loophole right there. <laughs> okay, good to know. I So, I, I guess what I need to know about uh, about Cordero Patterson's contract is what is it I what is it signing bonuses apparently signing bonuses are far different apparently what you do in the NFL is instead of signing a guy to a contract that pays him 10 million dollars you give him a 10 million dollar signing bonus which is then paid over 49 years like every cornerback in the on the roster is Bobby Bonilla mm. now i don't know how that can possibly be true but that did seem to be the upshot of what I read about. Well, yeah, they that, they, ch- they changed Thielen's salary into a signing bonus for this year, and that's where right. that money for Patrick Patterson, as John likes to call him, came from. Pat Patterson, <laughs> but here and, and we've got a cha- we've got a Chad Beebe out of it. We got Chad Beebe back, John. Ooh. Here's the thing that here's the thing that is particularly mind blowing to me. I was reading about Adam Thielen and how they restructured his contact to pay him a signing bonus instead of his salary. But the signing bonus is also paid in weekly installments just like a salary. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing changes. But we got our guy. So, that's good. He, uh, if this was, Patrick if, Peterson. If this, if Here we go. If this was a regular business, you would be in jail if you did this. I hope people yeah. understand well, that. That works very well with the Wilfs, mm. and that's all I'll say about oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You've got chicken fingers and the Wilfs after you. That's incredible. Yeah. Yep. Two enemies. He, uh, it was one year, 10 million, I think is what I saw. That sounds like mm-hmm. a fairly reasonable yep. amount for an impact player. Yes. He's also so, like he's in his thirties now, and he's a cornerback. So that okay. cliff is coming. He's not at his peak anymore, but he's still a good player. So that's probably yeah, how that, it, this happens. Yeah, isn't he like thirty? He's not like Terrence Newman, who was forty nine years old when he was right last with the Vikings. Right? We're going to say that he's thirty one, John. I, okay, I'm going to concur. I have no. All idea. All right, I like this. So that's good. So he's. Uh, for sure, going to be one of our best players on defense, right? Well, that's a, that's a low fucking that's bar to great. clear. I mean, Jesus! If you watch the the last half of that Saints game on <laughs> Christmas, my God, that was Jesus! <laughs> I mean, they, I, uh, they were also they were making business decisions as well. I don't fault them for not tackling Alvin Kamara. I wouldn't want to tackle him. Would you want to tackle him, John? Of course you wouldn't, Brandon. No, you wouldn't. No, and they just right. decided they're not going to tackle him. And I, I understood that decision. I understood the impulse. But it was their job to tackle him, and they did not do that at all. I, I, I kind of feel like that game was uh, – it, it's like the bar now for Vikings fans, mm-hmm. whether a player is good or not. Did they play on defense in that game? Nope. Not going to have anything to do with them. <laughs> or were they not on the team for that game? Yes. They are a fine player. Yeah. It's a purity test for the Vikings defense. Right. Yep. Okay, so now they're just going to draft a bunch of offensive linemen. (laughs) Now, you see, that's where you're – that's a funny joke, Brandon, because, you know, (laughs) if you look at the – many of the draft boards have cornerbacks on them. Mm. Also also edge rushers, nose tackles, linebackers. 
safeties, nickelbacks, and dimebacks. <laughs> All them, huh? And if you want to keep Mike Zimmer out of your office and keep him from like hiring more sons, you've got to draft a lot more defensive <laughs> players. Otherwise, you're just going to end up with a bunch of sons in the coaches' offices. Look at all these sons, you'll say when so you walk in the door. How did these sons get in here? It's just a freaking daycare for sons. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> all I really want to talk about the Vikings is Rocks of Our Lives, my favorite running segment for like three weeks, but there hasn't been an update on it. There's been actual Vikings news, which isn't as fun. No. Shoot. Yeah, and I, and didn't um, John, the other guy, uh, I had never, I mean, I think I had heard of him at some point, but um, Dal- the other Dalvin. We signed the other yeah. Dalvin. There's two Dalvins in the NFL. We've got them both. We've got them, ladies and gentlemen. Two Dalvins, no Aiden. Yep. So... Uh, <laughs> Oddly enough, a, def- a defense—I believe—a defensive player, if I remember right. Yep, we've got we've got both offense, Delvin, and defense, Delvin. Now, nice. nice. You got to have both. Oh yeah, yep. you need a Delvin on both sides of the ball. Is that's how you know that you have a balanced football team? Mm-hmm. Yin and Yang, Delvin and Delvin. That's yeah, great. It's like, like, <laughs> like if your lover fault goes like you know disappears at sea, and you have half of the brooch, you need the other half <laughs> of the brooch. That is exactly what I was just about to say. It's, it's, the, it's the, the, the the metaphor we all use. It was tip of my tongue. Ah, uh, you beat me to it. That's perfect. That's Sorry, perfect. Darn it! G- give me a beer, was, a beer and a half, and I'll just bring up the Lusitania if you want me to. Oh boy! I was. I honestly, as part of this Vikings discussion, I was going to complain about how much coverage is devoted to the Vikings in the middle of March. But here we are, 14 minutes into this podcast, 17 minutes into this podcast already, and here we are still talking about the Vikings. So you want to stop? That complaint. Should we stop? Eh, I want to stop all the time. <laughs> That's our motto. Um, mm-hmm. John, I have a question for you. Uh, I, oh, good. I want to talk a little puck. Dr. Crease oh. and Mr. Puck. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now, I, hell yeah. Especially if my good friends, Dr. Crease and Mr. Puck. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm all tucked out. Uh, Mr. Puck and I usually will talk for about an hour and a half a day after work about, about hockey. So, um, But we try to just keep it between us. Real real hockey guy shit. But we'll, 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 uh, we'll humor you for a little bit, John. So give me okay. a couple minutes. How's Hockey Rubio doing? He's still good, right? Hockey Rubio is Kaprizov, right? Yep, Karen Carpenter. We got two guys. We got two guys with double K names. Well, Hockey could... Rubio is a guy who is really good at passing, makes his teammates better, drives everybody wild as they watch them. Of course, the number one player to do that in in Minnesota history was Ricky Rubio, and this is the second mm-hmm. coming of Ricky Rubio. So we'll just call him Hockey Rubio. And I was. I, I I am amazed that after what are the wild twenty seven games into their season, the the idea that there was any hockey player on earth who could come into Minnesota in a, a market that's saturated with Vikings coverage and Twins coverage and Timberwolves coverage, even in uh, a fairly hockey centric place like this, the idea that any player could come into the boring old Minnesota Wild. And in a 27-game span, become 
absolutely far and away the most popular athlete in Minnesota mm-hmm. is utterly beyond me. But it, it's happened. It's absolutely happened. And all anybody wants to talk about now is Kirill Kaprizov for good reason because he is maybe the second wild player to ever be fun to have on this team. It's, there have been many, many wild players who have been useful to have on the team. But unless you particularly love the goaltending stylings of Dwayne Rolson, mm. you really have, there really hasn't been much to hang your hat on. It's basically Marion Gabrick. If you like violence, there is Derek Bugard. Mm. And that's been pretty much it for the Minnesota Wild. You mean for just and notable, now, unique, like pay attention to this person sort of thing. They've, always, yeah, they've never really had just, that guy. N- just no, just likable guys. Even guys where it's like, yes, this is the guy I want to buy. His, I want his name and number on the back of this jersey because yep. I am, I am pledging my loyalty to this player. Most for most of the Wild's history, it's been like, eh, yeah, that guy's good. Yeah, that's right. He, I guess, that, he's our you best know, player. as as right. As shutdown defensemen go, that is, he's an awfully good shutdown defenseman. And what you like is, you really like getting spending two hundred ninety dollars or whatever a jersey with a name and the number on it costs to really pledge your undying loyalty to a stay-at-home defenseman who scores four goals a season. That's really what you want out of your hockey fandom. So to have Kaprizov just coming in, and it's even in a lot of ways better than the Marion Gabrick experience, because Gabrick was an amazing goal scorer, and Gabrick was an extremely fast player, but he, it's not like Kaprizov, who has a lot of those things in his locker, but also just tends to pinball off defenders, like he also is somehow the strongest player in the league. I don't know how that's possible, Mm. but apparently he must have legs like tree trunks, because he just, he skates into the zone, and he he turns his back like he's boxing out, and he just bounces off a defender, and then he'll turn his back and bounce off another defender, and pretty soon he's just skated around the net four times, and it's it's exciting. It's fun to watch when he's on the ice. You can't you're not looking at your phone, and it's not even because he's scoring a million goals because there are there's probably fifty guys in the league that have scored more goals, but something happens when he's on the ice, and even if it's not him scoring a goal. Some he is resurrected. He's resurrected two careers of guys who theoretically were going to be out of the league very soon if they didn't get it in gear. And they put Kaprizov at a line with Victor Rask and Matt Zuccarello. Zooks. And now they're both amazing players. That's our guy. Yes, <laughs> Zooks. So that has been. It's been really fun. It's been very fun to watch, and it doesn't hurt that they win every game they play. Which again, it doesn't hurt that they play the Arizona Coyotes every game. Because Arizona is a garbage hockey team in a failed city. Wow. You got right under the wire of your five-minute rant probation. So that's good. Oh, man. You did it. Um, I got more to say. I got, I got more statistical breakdowns to do, but I'll stop there. Well, I've just got the one statistical breakdown that I offer you every time because I have nothing else to talk about. Playoff odds, according to Hans Van Sluten. Mm. I think last week... Or whatever that was, had to be some sort of error because this week it's up to ninety-one percent. Wow, that still seems low to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, Kaprizov hadn't had his hat trick yet, so I think that's probably that's right. what did it. There we go. That unlocked that unlocked that extra twenty percent. And you know and, who set uh, him up for that hat trick, John? John, do you know who set him up for that third goal in the hat trick? 
Zooks. 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 Just a little, little, little sneaky little pass, and they, wow, wow it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like a lizard. Yep. Oh, Zooks. Well, that's sorry. Right, I just wanted to say, just wanted to say Zooks again. Sorry. No, yep, I get it. That's fine. I totally. That's get what it. this podcast is here for. Yeah, I don't have any further follow-ups. It sounds very exciting. I'm I'm happy for everybody. It does feel like he's taken over the city way more than this was a million years ago, but than Gabrick ever did. Gabrick was like injured a Absolutely. bunch too, right? That's true. So it was yeah. always a little and bit of like, oh, maybe soon, but uh, there's always something special about a guy coming in with some mm-hmm. expectations and then completely mm-hmm. outdoing all of those mm-hmm. expectations. Because yeah. he wasn't, I, as far as I know, was not like, this is the savior. You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns or Byron Buxton or something where there's this like, like this guy has to be it. Otherwise we're screwed. But he had some expectations and then to even outdo them is, is very fun. So yeah, I enjoy watching the clips. Yes. And I've seen, <laughs> I've already seen two of the throwback style Kaprizov jerseys in public in the wild. It's right. Ooh. It, yeah. It's pretty cool. Glorious. I just want to offer a note to all hockey fans out there that are thinking about buying one of the Wilds, quote, reverse retro jerseys where they look exactly like North Stars jerseys, but they have a Wild logo on the front. You know what you can still buy pretty much anywhere? A North Stars jersey. Instead of buying the Wilds stupid simulacrum of a North Stars jersey, just buy a North Stars jersey. Mm -hmm. It still shows that you're a hockey fan. That's what you're going for when you buy the Wild jersey it shows that you're into tradition and history mm-hmm. just really do do it right mm-hmm. go get a north stars jersey yep. great I, every time i've got every time i've ever gone to a wild game i've worn a north stars jersey and you can too don't fall don't fall for the marketing go north stars so good i love that well do you want to talk uh do you want to talk basketball for a little bit john <laughs> i want to start the basketball talk by Noting that the other night the Timberwolves were up by seven points with two minutes to go, and I texted Brandon and asked him if you had to bet ten thousand dollars one way or the other on this game, <laughs> which way would you go? And he said, "You know exactly which way I go, and you would too." He said, That's accurate. And then I followed A up seven and point s- lead. Yeah, and then I I followed up and said, "I actually already turned it off." because I can't watch this team anymore <laughs> at the end of games. <laughs> yeah, but you missed our guy Ricky sticking eight free throws down the stretch. Yeah. Somehow this being the only way the Timberwolves could score. Mm. Basketball Ricky's looking good lately, too. <sighs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird team. This new guy came in, Chris Finch. Um, wasn't sure what to think. You know, his first four or five games, four out of five or something, they just got absolutely piss-pounded. Lost by like 25, mm. 30 points. And so it's a lot of, you know, which was true, but, you know, haven't had even a practice with these guys yet, trying to do some new things on offense and defense. They're confused. It just sound, sort of sounded like excuse making to me. Um, and then after the, and then the all-star break, they obviously all scatter for a week or 10 days. And, uh, and so I think they had like two practices coming back. But since then, they've two and two, which is nothing too, um, too not, you know, that's not great, but... Even their two losses, they lo- they played, they were competent, which is incredible. Four okay games in a row, um, and they do just look a little bit different. Jim Pete's been incredible, by the way. Shout out to Jim Pete. I know he's a fan um, of the show. To kind of explain what like 
the offense is different in this way and the defense is different in that way. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of helpful. So we'll see. Just a, he's a boring Chris Finch, boring, competent coach. It's like when Zimmer got hired, but if it if he were not eighty five years old, kind of that vibe, right? Like just knows what he's doing, business like whatever. So we'll see. But they've been they've been kind of fun. Absolutely, my favorite Chris Finch story so far has been. I think it was this morning actually in the Star Tribune. They they were talking to Finch about defense, and basically what he said was, you know all that stuff we were trying to do to play good defense? Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. What we're going to do now is if somebody has the ball and they're open, I want everybody that's anywhere near them to run at them. <laughs> Just run at them, Yep, and that's it. We're not going to try to take good angles, Mm-mm. and we're not going to try to worry about our body position, and we're not going to worry about switching on screens or anything. If somebody's open, just throw your body at them like you're in a in the Civil War and you're just launching yourself out of a cannon at other people in the Civil War. That's our defensive strategy now, which ultimately seems like the greatest repudiation of David Vanterpool, even, even past him not getting the interim job, is basically saying, you know all this stuff that you've been working with these guys painstakingly for the last year and a half? We're not going to do any of that. We're going to play defense like a seventh grade team, yep. and that's how we're going to do this. They are scrambling around and look like seventh graders on defense. So he's not wrong. They are definitely listening to Coach Finch. Right. They're definitely listening to the part where they where he's telling them, don't think at all. Yeah. Just react to what's going on. Right. Man, I don't know. We'll see. can all go to hell so quickly, and it will. But uh, <laughs> four fun games. Is it? Is it not already in hell, Brandon? Oh, If yeah. it wasn't already in hell, what would it look like? John, you and I know this more than anybody. It can always get worse. Somehow. You think it can't, but it can. It can always get worse. I do have to say that with the Timberwolves, all of the jokes about whether the first unit or the second unit is better are really starting to come to a head a little bit. Yeah. Because the more guys they play off of what you would think of the second or even the third unit, the more guys that come off that and have success – in expanded minutes, you start to wonder a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Well, I think we talked about it a few podcasts ago, and it's remained true and become even more true. There's 10 guys that are going to play. Three of them are going to have career nights, and seven of them are going to suck ass. Uh, The problem is you have no idea what those three are until they start playing. So you'll be watching, and in the third quarter, you're like, wait, I think Jalen Noel is our best player. Right. And then the next night he'll score three points. And it just on and on you go. Look at every box score, every game. There's three guys who are good and seven who are terrible, and it changes pretty much every night. So, But our guy Rubio has been one of them recently. He's been really good, which is Mm -hmm. fun to watch. But, of course, Towns has struggled for the last couple games, so they just can't ever have them all be on at the same time. So. Can I ask a very quick opinion question for both of you, but specifically for Brandon, maybe, especially for Brandon, maybe? I should yeah, say. I'm not paying attention, is, so you should talk to Brandon. Here. <laughs> is be. Anthony Edwards is Anthony Edwards the Timberwolves' best player right now? Not potentially, not with his potential. Is he their best player right now? Well, if you and I, I don't recommend that you do this, but I'm pretty bored right now. I'm in the the part of the pandemic where I'm just like so bored 
if you ever get to a point like this and you have access to watching a Wolves game, hypothetically, if you, I don't know, steal someone's username and password, a friend that has cable, and you can log in on your laptop and watch, hypothetically speaking, um, and you get bored. Or you can just buy cable, people of people of the podcast. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah, do uh, that. Li- podcast listeners, it is possible for you to just buy cable. I know that it's expensive, but it's possible. Now, uh, and this is not meant to be a library, but if you actually go to Xfinity.com slash Sportive, uh, there's a special offer, <laughs> and what's going to happen is the page won't load. So that's our special offer to you. Um, I'll tell you what you should do. Just email Stu directly. Email He's the one that handles all the finances for the podcast. He's got he will send you enough money to subscribe. He will hook you up with Stu, a member code. Stu just handle all the details of that. All the unique member codes. Stu's not paying attention, so please, it's yep. Stu com. Just go ahead and send it directly to him. Um, but no... Uh, he is sometimes just laughably bad on defense. And you think some, you know, we just were talking about defense and all these like principles of making sure you look for these back cuts and, you know, call out screens and all that. But sometimes you can just tell he's on his guy and the ball's on the other side of the court. And then he just sort of slowly walks over kind of toward the ball, not aggressively, but just sort of almost curiously, like, oh, maybe I'll <laughs> come over to this side. Looks like there's a bunch of people over here. What's happening? And then they'll just take and fling it over to the opposite side, and he'll drain a wide-open three. And that's the sort of stuff that I'm assuming just drives old Finchie crazy. But because he's so bad at times on, on that sort of stuff, his on and off numbers look pretty putrid. Um it's so fixable. It's just not happening right now. And because he gets to the rim a so practice often. practice would probably help with that. If they could practice once every couple of days, that would probably Just help every once in a while, yeah. But the other thing, too, is you watch, he will get to the rim uh, ten times a game, and he'll make six of them, which is great. The other four are just absolutely wide-open, bricked layups, which he'll get better at. Right? He's off-hand or he's off-balance, and those are hard things. So... He very quickly, I think, maybe not quickly, but he he could very easily be an incredible player. But right now, just because of all those little mistakes, they add up, and he's all of a sudden he's playing like forty minutes a night. You know, he should be play. He should be like sixth on the team in minutes. I think he's probably first or second right now because they're so desperate um, because of injuries. So he's can incredible. I, can to I watch have that. a man? Elect. Can I have a personal a personal Jim Pete moment? Yes. just for a second, right here. I, I will say that one of the key things that seems to be hamstringing the Timberwolves in crunch time these days is that Anthony Edwards will get to the rim and four guys will reach in and slash him with razor blades and somehow he'll get call, called for an offensive foul or something like that. <laughs> it The, the whole you have to earn the calls in this league thing is really, really hurting the Timberwolves because Edwards is really – their main guy for getting to the rim like that, and he gets no calls whatsoever. Nothing. I don't get it. It's so weird. And it, it's very consistent, too. It happens yeah. every game. It's absolutely consistent. It's not like, oh, this one red-ass referee is really going to teach him the ropes of the NBA. Every, every game it happens. Yeah, totally. All right. This has been my Jim Peterson moment where I get angry about refereeing. It was a good moment. You deserve it. Great moment. Thank you. One of the Appreciate best. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. One everybody. of the best moments.
Hall of Fame moment. Um, John, when I mentioned bringing up basketball, I actually was not planning to talk about the Wolves. I'm Tough. glad we did, though. Tough. I really liked it. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to say about Anthony Edwards that's really interesting to me, maybe not to anybody mm-hmm. else, is... That's you know, sort of implied. About, he talked... <laughs> they talk about how he like just learned how to play basketball. Not technically, mm-hmm. but he really didn't start playing until he was like 15 or 16 years old or whatever. And I think that's one of the most fun things to watch, too, is how coachable... I, I don't even know, know if coachable is the right term for him, but he's so clearly still learning the game that you can see when some, a coach gives him a tip, he'll just go out there and immediately start trying it. Like how many times mm-hmm. when we watched... Um, and I, I hate to bring his name up because... Well, uh, Andrew Wiggins... And uh, and <laughs> I thought you were going to say Shane Heal. I was sure so you were going to say Shane Heal. Um, Canada's Shane Heal, uh, aka <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, and his coach or or somebody would point out like, "Boy, you're taking a lot of mid range shots." And he was like, "Yeah, no, I know. I gotta I gotta stop." And then the next game, he takes somehow even more mid range shots. And over and over and over. I'm not talking about for a couple weeks. I'm talking about for years. This went on. They put <laughs> and I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember seeing some of the pictures in practice when Ryan Saunders got. I think it was when Ryan Saunders got hired. They put giant pieces of tape on the floor with a number on them that signified your average points when you shoot from this area. So, like a corner three, that's like one point two points when you shoot from a corner three because you're more likely to make it, blah, 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 uh, in the paint. And and so these, like, mid-range shots, this is how desperate they were to get Andrew Wiggins to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I, I totally I get that. And so that's a big reason why, uh, why those of us who watched Andrew Wiggins were like, I don't give a shit if we had to trade seven first-round draft picks to get off this guy. I can't <laughs> watch him anymore. Like, I, I don't care. I just can't watch him. And and Edwards is just the exact opposite of that. It's the funniest thing. Like there was a time earlier this year, I think Ryan Saunders was still around and they said like you got to go to the to the rim more and stop trying to dance around these like sort of weird fancy layups. Just try to dunk it on people. And in the first half he legitimately tried to dunk it on someone like <laughs> six times. And I think he <laughs> missed four dunks. This is earlier this year. It was comical. I mean, he was like outside the free throw line, like ah oh, fuck it, I'll try to dunk, and you know was actually missed it he by was four actually feet. dragging a step ladder onto the court yeah. and trying to jump off the step ladder. Just yeah, he had no concept of anything of like, but he just someone said go try to dunk every time, and he was like, all right, cool, I'll try that. Can do, and so he can do, coach. Yeah, I Will mean, do. he legitimately missed two, three dunks in a game, maybe even more. It was very funny to watch, but it was just like. This is incredible. It's a 19-year-old kid trying to learn a sport while mil- maybe not. I'm sorry. Tens of people are watching. Um, <laughs> and I just thought that was it's it's just such an endearing quality and you see that happen when they'll they'll give these tips in the in the paper. Hey, uh, you should definitely take more mid-rangers and then legitimately in the next week he doesn't take one anymore. Like he's just the rim and three-pointers. And he still has to do some work obviously with shot selection, but I just want to say that is secretly to me, not secretly, but quietly one of the more fun things to watch this year is uh, is how is how different he'll look game to game depending on whatever his coach told him he'll just go out and do, which is kind of cool. So 
um, friendly rant over. I just, I just want to say to all the supportive listeners out there, which other podcast is going to devote 15 minutes to the Minnesota Vikings and 15 minutes to the Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> in mid-March? <laughs> we chased away one of the three people on this actual podcast. <laughs> Stu is gone. Two people are He's... talking, one is listening, and the one that was listening was like, fuck this i know <laughs> i i have no interest in this he's on the, he's a host of the podcast i can't even this listen. is why we're down to nine subscribers <laughs> all of whom we know by name uh okay literally i'm tweeting with chicken fingers right now about hang, how angry i am with both of you for doing this <laughs> how dare you how dare you sell us out <laughs> oh it's not going to get better soon Stu. so you just keep on tweeting because i wanted to ask john very quickly uh, let's let's go ahead and get right back to. I was reminded by one of our one of our dear friends Wade this week that we used to judge things on a six to midnight scale of, <laughs> of excitement for things and uh, the old six to midnight scale. I don't know why we stopped doing that. That's so funny to me. Maybe because it was only funny to me. We stopped and nobody said anything <laughs> except nine years later, Wade said something. Uh, anyway, thanks a lot, Wade. I'm wondering from a six to midnight scale. How excited are you, or how much optimism or hope do you have about the 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 hiring of the new Gopher Hoops coach? <laughs> uh, we don't know who it is. Obviously, there but. is on the six to midnight scale. There's no value lower than six, but it's like ten thirty backwards the other way. Oh boy, like, it's inverted. What would that be? It's two thirty. Yeah, inverted. <laughs> Been in the pool for six hours. I guess that's what we're looking at right here. I guess it, let's all pretend that we're facing left, right? So six <laughs> oh. to midnight. So yours would now be a four thirty. Is that what you're right. saying? Like it's kind of it's it's before six. Yeah, it's it's not even. To, I they are they are going to hire one of the following categories. They are going to hire a son of a former. Gopher coach. <laughs> they are going to hire a up and coming mid major coach, which should have everyone excited, but won't. Mm-hmm. Or they are going to hire Ryan Saunders. Oh my god! That just on the humor level, that would be the best. Yeah, I honestly, I am really rooting for Ryan Saunders, partially because he seems like he's a really nice guy, mm-hmm. and the whole his whole way of coaching actually seems like it might fit very well. For Division One basketball, but also just because, God rest his soul, Sid Hartman is gone now. And you know if Sid was here, mm-hmm. you know who Sid would be banging the drum for. Oh, boy. And yep. on behalf Actually, of... Uh, no, I, I don't know about that. Just because he liked Jim Dutcher a lot. He, no, that's I mean, true. He, he loved Musselman. I mean, all of those guys. I mean, that that would be like just... It's a buffet of Sid choices. There's so many. It's probably, it's probably for the best that Sid doesn't have to work through his feelings on this. Sophie's choice. Having Jim Dutcher's son and <laughs> and Eric Musselman, Bill Musselman's son, and Flip Saunders' son all available. It's too much. Is It's too much for Sid. They're all so good. So you, okay, uh, Stu, are you able to talk? Or are you still in 
heads down. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, this is actually interesting. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is. Uh, thank you oh, so much. We've graduated. We've graduated from getting burned by people on the internet to burned by actual participants yeah. on the podcast. You know, it's secret. It's how uninteresting. It's such a up. powerful word that actually kind of snuck in there. I um, at work every once in a while. I'll give some feedback, and one of the creative people on my team will go, oh, that's actually a good point. And I'm like, why did you say actually in that <laughs> sentence? <laughs> not a good sign for me. Oh, wow. Well, that's actually, huh. It's pretty rare. Uh, okay, so Stu, what's your uh, 6 to midnight? What's your boner rating clock? Oh, <laughs> I don't even remember what it's called. About, about, gophers, <laughs> about gophers basketball? About your optimism for the hire. Is is the Town oh, Ghost going to uh, get this right? Because he's gotten some hires right. He has gotten some possible. hires right, but um, I like the fact that he's not using the search firm. Like I think it's Corn Ferry. Corn that Ferry. gives you the same the same eight names to every college that's looking to hire somebody. They would accidentally um, rehire is, Richard Patino. Exactly, <laughs> or or his dad, this, the, the promising coach of the Iona Gales. Um, <laughs> But uh, uh, I would say, I, so I like that part. The part I don't like is that, uh, you know, he says he's just got like a list of guys that he's in, like keeping track of over the season that he's going to give a call to, mm-hmm. which doesn't feel, um, that really isn't how you do things in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good way to just keep hiring the same six, seven white guys for the same six, seven jobs. And so mm-hmm. that part's not great um i think uh, myra medcalf had a really good uh piece about that today or might have just been a tweet but still you know you only really need a tweet to talk about how uh, the good old boys club tends to be a pretty white club mm-hmm. so i um my uh six to midnight is at firmly and that's definitely not the right word at 615 <laughs> <laughs> it's lim- it's limping in at 615 <laughs> Oh wow! Well, that's I forgot. I forgot how awkward the six to midnight scale was. Sure is. It you're is. talking about your. You were talking about your hog, and other people can listen to it. That's the kind of thing that's. Just well, and as weird. mentioned, mostly the only people listening right now are like our parents. Yep, so. <laughs> pretty much. Does that make it better? <laughs> I think it's a lot worse. Uh, I think it's a it's lot, lot worse. It, it is so much worse. So much worse. For. If you seed it with 15 minutes of Timberwolves talk, they will all check out, even though they love you very much. Right. I can't believe we did that. I already regret it. I just I couldn't stop. (laughs) Well, I feel I feel a little. (laughs) Yep. I feel a little bit more optimistic than you guys, and maybe I'm the only one. But I do feel like maybe I'm just uh, huffing the fumes of PJ Fleck, who's been really good. I think Lindsey Whalen was a pretty cool hire. There's, there's every I've, I've read a couple articles. I know the Star Tribune had one, the Athletic had one, where they kind of run down the list of potential candidates, and there did seem to be a small handful that would be pretty cool if we got them. It wasn't just if we don't get this guy, then we're screwed. Um, again, everybody can screw up something, and the Dinky Town Ghost can as well. But I don't know. I feel I'm, I'm at like eight fifteen probably. Wow, I know that's that's surprising. So far ahead of you guys. Have 
you know, that is spoken like a man who hasn't watched a Gopher basketball game in 15 years. Correct. I have no idea. So, I don't. I, the I majority of Minnesotans, a, in other words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we, I think we talked about it last week, but having some ties to the local teams would be great. That would actually get me above 9 o'clock. I just don't think that person exists. Uh, certainly not someone who's credible to, to be running a program in the Big Ten. So that part is a little bit of a bummer for me. I would just love get a couple local kids because that's it's been so long since that been, that's been a part of it because that was just always made it so much more fun. Obviously, I know I'm saying the most obvious shit in the world right now, but uh, but we'll see. It'll be fun. Keep Trevor Winter at home. <laughs> okay. Uh, John, before we move off of hoops, Stu, you can get back to Twitter. Did you have a question about the NBA uh, rule change or potential rule change? Just a little. Well, I do. I do want to know what you think about this, Brandon. Mm-hmm. There, I there's been a lot of talk, not just this week, but you know, throughout the whole season, really in the NBA, about how much of the game has become about shooting. Three pointers and not always well. Shooting three pointers somewhat poorly. I think in in my mind things came to a head a little bit. Our our good friend, longtime listener Pat Royce, wrote a column about how the three pointers kind of ruined a lot of what's exciting about basketball. And while I agree with him, I also remember that when people shot fewer three pointers, it was a lot of just. Michael Jordan backing guys down to 14 feet from the basket and shooting turnaround jumpers, which didn't seem like more fun. So I think my question is two parts. But the first part is, do you, Brandon, the biggest NBA head on this podcast, think something needs to be done about two teams jacking up 93 pointers in a game? No, not really. I can sense that that's an issue, and I understand it, and I think it's something to loosely monitor, I guess. I looked up the three-point attempts per team. The Utah Jazz uh, lead the NBA with 42 attempts per game. It's a lot. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are lowest at 27 attempts per game. So to me, 15 is a pretty big swing between the two. The idea that every single offense looks the same, if that's the complaint, I don't know if mm-hmm. I agree with that. That's There's a lot of variety in between all those two. Um, but it is, if you look at the trend of it all, it's getting to be a lot more. And there's some sort of comical things where we've seen and complained about a guy going in for what looks to be a pretty wide-open layup somehow decides instead of taking that layup, passing it out for a three-pointer. That's ridiculous, and that's insane. But those are pretty rare. Sometimes those only happen when they're down by a lot, and they're desperate, and a bunch of other reasons, too. So I don't think it's a huge issue for me. I think the officiating of some of these three-point attempts, when guys kick their legs out and they they get to have three uh, free throws, that's more of an issue to me. The replay... System as it is right now, we complain about on every sport. That's more of an issue to me. So to me, it's like seventh on the list of things I care about as an NBA fan, and also a person who is very okay with admitting when a sport that I like sucks ass. Like I'm not going to be like, no, 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 don't change it, change it. But I just don't know if that's that big of a deal to me. 
The replays are so much worse. I mean, it's brutal. It's like a six or eight minute delay for some stupid bullshit about whether something's a block yes. or a charge. That is so. Well, I, I mean, I agree one hundred percent with that. I just don't understand. We've talked about this for a million years. We are not geniuses, but you get one chance. The refs get one chance to take a look, and it has to be in real time. And if they don't know, then move on. It's the end. It's the simplest thing. It's the easiest thing. It should be in every single sport because most of the time they sit and wait 10 minutes and they still get it wrong. If it's not obvious in the first replay at real time, then I don't think anybody gives a shit. I mean, we, we've talked about this before in other sports, the zooming in on a guy stealing second and he just naturally has to pop up oh. because that's how bases work and he's called out. Or that is, the NCAA of all the replays in all the sports, the somebody getting tagged after they've popped one millimeter off the base at second base or whatever, that is by far the worst. Horrible. Thing. Right? It's just like it's actually the opposite of what we should be doing. And the NCAA maybe right. was this really important replay where a guy knocked the ball at the other guy's hand, but because he knocked it out at a certain angle, it kinda touched the offensive player's thing. It's just like no. Look at the replay once. Yeah. We all know exactly what we're looking for and move on. So the NBA is, I think, they like to pride themselves as being the most progressive of sports, you know, and are willing to try new things and change rules and all that. But um, Stu's asleep, by the way. Um, oh. This is Stu, melatonin for Stu. Stu uh, regrets ever being on this can't podcast. can't believe it. I'm, so, I'm, I'm done. This is a larger point. Um it's that I, I think the replay and officiating are so much more important than the three-point attempts. I mean, if you watch games like crazy, and I do every single night, all different teams, it's I mean, it's kind of a thing. It's just not that big of a deal. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's my thoughts. Good talk. Good talk. Okay. John, I have one more topic. All right. One more time. Is this something that Stu can participate in too, or is he just gone? I, I don't know. I think he might be gone. I actually don't even know. All right. I, that's fair. The ringer.com this week posted an article about a baseball change that they're recommending. And you know, I love nothing more than baseball, than sports fixes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you read it, but it was a very desperate proposal to move the pitching mound back, like by two feet. Did you read How about, it? No. It's just such an odd, like to me, the whole incentive, if you talk to Major League Baseball players, or like hitters, it's not that they can't put the ball in play. It's not like it's impossible for them to do it. They're saying, no, I don't want to put the ball in play because I need to try to hit home runs. It's the only place the fielders are not at. If 
they put the ball in play in general, there's another guy there that's going to, I'm going to be out. And we can't string together two singles and a double or three singles or whatever it has to be. I'm just going to try to hit bombs. It's the easiest way for us to do it. And this sort of stuff just feels like it's not helping that that thing. You know, that's that's really the the key. So. I think the interesting thing that's going to happen this year is that Major League Baseball is changing the baseball. They they say that they're just tightening up the manufacturing specs or whatever, but you and I and everyone know that they're changing the baseball. And I, because they're not very good at what they do, I think in April and May the ball is going to be made out of mashed potatoes and nobody's going to be able to hit a home run. Yep. And I'm curious to see how that changes the game. I think it's it's going to be strange when it's like Nelson Cruz and Jim Tomey at the age of fifty three are the only people who are strong enough to hit the ball out of the base uh, out of the park anymore, and everyone else is sort of figuring out on the fly what they're going to do now that the ball doesn't fly out of the fly out of the yard three hundred and fifty times. So maybe let's see what happens with that first. Yeah, it's. And that is such a monumental thing, even though it sounds so subtle. But when guys start to realize, they'll learn it pretty quick, obviously. Um, and you're right. It depends on how they're going to react to it. Because in the moment, they're not going to have a whole lot of, you know, all the smart guys. They're not going to have a bunch of data that says, no, just put the ball in play. Right. Just put the ball in play. Because even that is like, fuck, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. What's the point? It's like the first couple seasons in Target Field. Before they had juiced the, base, juiced the baseball, it basically was entirely impossible to hit the ball over the right field, right center wall. Right field, I guess, was fine. And center to left was okay. But the, the, the big wall in right center, Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera hit it over that wall, and Tommy hit it over there a couple of times. But otherwise, it was impossible to hit the ball out of the park there. And I feel like... That's what's going to come back, but for a lot of parks. Mm-hmm. It's like the short porch in Yankee Stadium, you can still hit it out. You can hit it over the Green Monster in Fenway Park. But otherwise, you're just hitting a lot of doubles now. Did you guys Again, know robbers a- are making a comeback? <laughs> the floor, like in like the, the floral romper, it's uh you know, it's cheap. You can get them like, you know, there's one on Amazon for like twenty three pop twenty three bucks. The uh, Relapop floral romper. Mm-hmm. It's on the Amazon like customer love style chart this week. I'd it, love like, to comes see in that. Orange and blue, black and white, and red and white options, and you can like wear it for everything, from like a casual day with friends to like a more formal date night. You, know, you could pair it with sneakers mm-hmm. and a denim jacket, or you could swap mm-hmm. those out with heels and a statement necklace in the evening. It's anyway, so rompers are back. Is this a romper or romp him? <laughs> no, it's a romper. It's a romper. Romper, yeah. So I hope I Michael Rand is. I, mean, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know they were back, but they're back, baby. Wow, that's incredible! I felt like they never left. No, that I just must started have just reading. Taken the, I started reading hiatus. the People Magazine Twitter feed while you guys were doing that. And oh my god, <laughs> how many other back. Twitter feeds did you get through? Uh, let's see. Oh, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Teresa calls split with her ex husband Joe the easiest divorce in the whole entire world. Wow. Oh boy. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> Tough Whoa. break for Joe. <laughs> Jesus. Boy, that's that's hurtful. Imagine yeah. Joe, who I don't know, at home being like, oh, man. Oh, no. That oh, hurts. man. And Derek Chauvin got divorced this year, so that makes me real shitty. Oh, Ooh. dang it. 
I can't catch sorry. a break. Topical. Topical. Jesus. Uh, Stu, so I am anyway. so sorry. I am so no, sorry. No, that's okay. Stu, did you want to rank maybe like the most underappreciated indie bands of the 80s? I mean, you got to put well, Echo and the Bunnymen on there, I assume. I wouldn't say they're underrated because they've really, I think uh, the, the, those bands have really become very appreciated in the uh, yeah. the last decade or so. Surprising I mean, staying like them, power. Yeah, them, New Order, everyone on basically on the 4AD level, like Cocteau Twins. I mean, they've really uh-huh, right. uh, gained an appreciation, even if just locally it's the current maybe, but I think nationally as well. I think people have really appreciated that like post-punk uh Mm-hmm. Post new wave sound, like the flange the guitars, the gated drums. I think it's really been a right. Uh, I think it's really become appreciated. So, um, what about Crowded House? Yeah. <laughs> what uh, uh, what about them? Well, they they That's they weren't on the four AD label. They're Australian. Uh, uh, they came from the uh, band Split, the late seventies band Split Ends. You may remember that song, "I Got You." Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're an offshoot of that. Uh, Roxette was a Swedish band. Fuck, Brandon. I was almost positive they were Australian. Yeah, ah, Swedish. Ace of Base also Swedish. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yes, they were. Swedish. Nailed it. Abba, Abba, Abba also Swedish. Stu, I, I, I would like to ask flying. you a question. Uh, I would ask a question from the back of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who is the best? Most successful or just the best musically? Who is the best Finnish band of all time? The best Finnish band? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't think they have. They're too ornery to actually have bands in Finland. <laughs> None of them have ever had the patience to they play just, an instrument. They're the, only, they're the only people who fought both the Soviet Union and the Nazis in World War II, so they really don't have time <laughs> for bands, I think. Have you ever, yeah. guys ever heard about White Have you ever heard about White Death before? No. Okay, hold on here. I'll be let me, please uh, play the hold music. I'm going to pull up White Death here, please. Okay, well, please as we're doing that, I just looked up the yep. top ten Finnish bands. John, <laughs> all right, I'll play the hold music. Are you ready? Our house, do do in the middle of our street. My God, our house. That's the hold. That's the hold music. Yeah, now. that's you. Sh- uh, you got to get a load of these Hy-Vee Finnish bands. The top well, ten. You ready for them? I'm okay. gonna just roll sure. through them real quick. I'm ready. Roll through number one, for it, Brandon. Number one with a bullet. Him, H I M. I don't know. Okay, uh, is that Haim? Is Haim Finnish? Nope, nope. It's uh, like a death metal band. <laughs> They're from they, Los Angeles, John. They look exactly like you think that they do. Uh, number two, okay. Nightwish. Number three, The Rasmus. <laughs> number four, Horatron. Number five, Apocalypta. <laughs> number six, Sunrise <laughs> Avenue. That's kind of normal sounding. Number seven, yeah, Children of Bodom. Number eight, French <laughs> films. Number nine, Perti Corican Ivimpiat. And number ten, Sonata Artica. That is your top ten finished bands. Holy fuck, none of them has ever made anything uh, any of us have ever heard of. Holy. So, yes, what John. What a great country. Or Stu, actually, you're correct. They're too angry to have good music in, in Finland. Yeah. Um, White Death is the uh, nickname given to the man Simo Heha. Um, he was a Finnish sniper in the Second World War mm-hmm. during the, uh, the the Winter War of 1939 against the Soviet Union. Okay, um, he killed 500 men. Mm. You mm. often often while skiing. 
500 guys. And that's the Red Army we're talking about. This isn't just some, you know, weekend warrior shit. He took out, like, the Red Army of Stalin pretty much by himself in 1939. So, anyway, that's White Death. And his nickname was White Death because he, well, he was a white guy who killed a lot of people. So That's that's the best nickname. On skis. Yes. It's, it's, It's hard to top White Death. It really... Yeah, I mean, if you're, a, if you're a white person who's a sniper, that just really cuts immediately to what you'd hope to be your nickname, White Death. Yeah. So God, yeah that's right, now, at, right now, I'm trying to figure out how this could be adapted into a nickname for Capo Kakinen, <laughs> but it seems like that would be in poor taste. White Death, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> All I came up with so far was the Winter Wall, but also poor taste. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank God we're not recording. Yeah. You can just keep thinking yeah, about well. it. Mm-hmm. Stu, thanks so much for coming back to us. Oh, no problem. I checked, you know, I got caught up on the news. I grabbed another beer out of the party room fridge. There's ketchup and mustard in this fridge, by the way. Oh, hell wow. yeah. Community. Might want to check the dates on those. Community mustard. Not much better than that. Huh. Uh, March 17th, 2020. Oh, shit. Ugh. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's why you were taking shots of that. I'll never know. It's been there a while. Mm-hmm. It's been there a while. <laughs> Sorry, boy. So, uh, John, what was the last topic you had on your sheet? Was it about Brandon's uh, clothes and getting him yes. getting roasted by this his children? Is, we 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 often talk yeah. dad life on this podcast, but no. now we want to talk about fashionable dad life. Yeah, and we've got some questions for Brandon, who is he's had a rough week. On the one hand, he got roasted by his wife mm-hmm. for a jacket he wore. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, he got compliments on his sneakers from 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 teens. I'm not actually sure who he got the compliments from. Yeah, there was a but youth. Brandon, yeah. Yeah, there was a youth who complimented you on your sneakers. So where are you at, Brandon? Well, here's the thing. Um, I think you're both married. You understand this. Uh, my wife's opinion is at a certain level and a random young person's opinion is about 5,000 times more powerful than my wife. So it did hurt when she laughed at me (laughs) when I walked out wearing my cool denim jacket um, and just said it was... What did she say specifically again? Let's go through this. Uh, Did it not fit? It was... it, It fits, man. It fits, okay? Um, what what was her issue with it? Well, she and I both have different opinions on it fits, just the the definition and the look of it all. I didn't think this was like a very like a bold statement. I'm not really into that anymore. It's a regular old jean jacket. It's got some stretch to it, so it can be a little more snug. And I like snug clothing. It's um, it's tight on you. It's 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 tight on you, isn't it, Brandon? It's pretty it's tight, tight on me. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, I just yep. um we had uh, a night off from our children. Um and mom watched the kids and it was a very nice day last oh. Saturday. And we said, Let's go walk outside. I just want everybody to know, outside in masks. Let's go walk outside North Loop and try to find a beer in a patio. What a glorious idea. Um it's safe, feels good, whatever. And so I just threw on my jean jacket, not again to make any sort of statement. And I walked out and she said, you cannot wear that. That is way too small for you. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. And she was not having it and she was pretty annoyed with me. Um, And almost like condescendingly laughing at me. It stung. It really did hurt. 
But then I went to uh, Smack Shack and went into the server inside to see if they had any outdoor seating. And I, well, technically what happened is some young person walked by me. I thought maybe they glanced at my shoes and they kind of nodded at me. And I just took that as being what they were looking at was my cool shoes. And I've just been on cloud nine ever since. We can't stop <laughs> thinking about it. It's the greatest thing ever. It's so much more important to me than my wife's opinion. She's going to give me shit anyway. Whatever. What does she know? This young person, this stranger at the Smack Shack who was possibly maybe looking at my shoes and nodding at me. Maybe not. But that's the stuff, man. I'm 40 years old. You don't get moments like that very often. So so I'm feeling good. I'm riding high, you know, licking my wounds with a denim jacket a little bit. But I think I might wear it again. I need to wear it in mixed company sometime to see if anybody else makes a comment. And if I do get a second negative thing, that might be it for the jacket. So we're touch and go on that one. Brandon. Brandon, I want to make the following commitment to you here and now. Mm-hmm. When we can finally get out of our houses again and go back to bars, I promise that I will pour beer on that jacket to see John, whether it absorbs beer or not. What a guy. I'll do that for you. You are just the best. Thank you so much. That is the role that you play with me in my fashion yes. is you see every, something and Every you pour, five years yep. I show up and I pour beer on Once every five years. Yep. So it's a good question. What is, what I did get no, some negative. I'm not. I'm. I still have questions, prosecutor. Um, what? What's the size of the jacket? Um, I can't confirm, but I think it's a small. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, Stu, do you have a follow-up question or? I, no further questions. It's Your a Honor. regular. <laughs> Now, if I may append my answer, this was a regular fit, so not a slim fit. And it is, as mentioned, I I don't know if the court reporter got this earlier, but it it does have a lot of stretch in it. So it's a stretch denim. I don't know if that helps at all. I think this whole thing counts as an extremely sick, humble brag that any of your clothes fit after the pandemic. Well, according, according to, to Daniel, they do not fit. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the key to. <laughs> yeah, that jacket used to fit. Yeah, she never gave me feedback on it before. Ugh. Yeah. Um, you know, they say uh, some people say that your weakness. They say that marriage is a battle. <laughs> they say that your weakness is your strength turned up too high. Have you ever heard that one before? It's kind of a work yes. thing. It's really, I think it's very valuable. And so maybe what happened is I got some compliments on my clothing a million years ago. And I leaned into that so hard that now I am walking around with a extremely tiny child's jacket on, hoping that I somehow get some <laughs> other compliment on how well fitted it is. It's possible that that's the case because it's, it's not that comfortable to wear. And that's a problem. Mobility is shot. I mean, there's nothing at all. I I could probably throw a baseball about seven feet in that thing. <laughs> so that's a bad sign. Uh, uh, <laughs> just one, sort of the, the Ben just, Revere fling rather than an actual throw. Yeah, like I can't. Just the valet is four feet from me, and I'm like, ah, ah, here's the keys. I can't quite get it there. It just drops to the ground. Yeah. Just one more, just just one more thing. Sure. Just one more thing. 
Mm-hmm. Is the is the brand American Girl? <laughs> I'd like to play the fifth. <laughs> yeah. No I don't further know the questions. Brand. I actually don't know the brand. It stung though. It stung a little bit, but the point remains: a stranger giving you. I mean, I got a compliment. At, in a movie, and Danielle is still rolling her eyes because she knows exactly. And I told everybody, I just wearing some new shoes. I was sitting in a movie theater. A dude was like four seats down. During the previews, he gets up and kind of crawl, hunch, walks over, and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, what, uh, what shoot? Where'd you get those? What are those?" And so I explained it to him, and I went like way too detailed. Like he just was wondering the like the brand name probably, and I was like, "All right, so here here's the site I started at, right?" And then I clicked over, you know. And she was just the angriest person who's ever existed. Like, don't fucking, oh my God, he's never going to shut up about these shoes. And she's right. I haven't. But that sort of a stranger. So I would just say, um, number one, I hope that you all, and by you all, I mean you two and our parents uh, that are listening, have somebody come to you and say, whatever you've got going on right now is working for you. Because that is just an incredible feeling. More importantly... If you can do this in a non-creepy way, if you can do this to other people, you're going to make someone's day. It's the simplest thing in the world. Hey, man, those shoes are sweet. And then move on. It's like, you should do that. It feels good. And if your spouse wears something weird, you should yell at them. Because that's funny, too. <laughs> uh, wow, what a weird new segment this was. That's the fashionable dad life right there, everybody. Mm-hmm. That was requested by Chicken Fingers. I think he was probably hoping that you yelled at me more than you did. I don't think he's going to be happy with either of you. I asked we're, if you were wearing a doll's too- clothes. He's going to love that. That's <laughs> true. That's true. He will like that. Yep. That's true. What do you think, boys? Wrap it up? I, I, got, I feel I don't like think there's too. much else. I, I, I want to hear more about People Magazine, but that's it. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, that can be our next week. What did Stu learn while ignoring us? <laughs> so at the end of every Stu's show. podcast research. <laughs> yeah, he'll just tell us about another podcast he recorded in the middle of our podcast. Okay, that's uh, I think that's going to do it. We'll talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Love you. Later, pals. Bye, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 